Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Well, hey everybody at our Hills family. Bonnie and I love you guys. Can't wait to be in person next Sunday. And it's great to have Anna back. (laughs) We love Anna. Uh, Back from maternity leave. Anna is our creative pastor. A big shout out to Sanji and Jocelyn, your pastors. I love those guys. Come on, we can make some noise for Sanjeev and Jocelyn that pastor you all so well. Uh, what I love about Sanjeev, he's like a brother from another mother. We just get on so well. We share, we talk, we laugh. And Jocelyn is a mighty, powerful woman of God. And I'm so excited that she's hosting our women's brunch next Saturday. Women, get there. Bring someone with you. My wife, Bonnie, is going to be speaking. My daughter, Abby, is going to be sharing. Abby calls Elevation Hills her home. And I believe a powerful move of God is going to happen in the women. As Jocelyn leads that women's brunch next Saturday, invite, bring someone, all the ladies of the house, make sure you get there. We're starting a new series today. It's called Heart of Worship, Encountering God every day, everywhere. We we want to encounter the living God. We're we're desperate. We're we're hungry. We we need God like never before. We've got great worship at at Hills. Absolutely. It's it's amazing. But I believe God wants to take it to a whole nother level. Uh, Joe and I, we get the great privilege to share God's Word, to, to minister. And we just pray, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you anoint the words that are spoken from your Word? Would you touch every heart that's listening? And God, would you permeate through whatever the distractions might be? God, would you be glorified? Would you minister? We call upon you. We need you. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Everyone said, Amen. At Elevation, our mission statement is creating environments for intimacy with Christ, relationship with others, and influence in our world. It all starts with intimacy with Christ. It always starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ that's real, that's current, that's passionate, that's hungry. We're white hot, we're all in, we're going after the things of God. And really this is what this series is about, a heart of worship. Now there are many forms of worship. You can worship with your money, you can worship with your time. Uh, Joe can worship with his gifts as, as playing keys and bring in the presence of God. You can worship with your work. But today we're talking about worship on a Sunday service. Now, for many of you, you've got lots of stories of background in different types of Sunday worship. Some more traditional hymns, no no instruments, pews, wooden pews. Anybody remember the wooden pews? Uh, Robes, people wearing these robes, candles, uh, lots of sort of traditional uh, type um, worship. For others of you, it's more contemporary. Maybe it was like a a rock concert, which was pitch black and and dark and loud. And, And there was maybe streamers, tambourines, and dancing. Um, maybe you, you had all these different experiences of people running around and laughing and falling over. All these different experiences. What about, does anybody remember the chauffeur? 
the chauffeur, not the guy driving the car, the chauffeur, the ram's horn. Has anybody been in a service where the ram's horn, the big ram, and they would blow it? It would be like crazy. What's going on here? So what is the right way to worship? Worship is expressing love to God. So how do we do that? What's right? What's wrong? What, what, what does the Bible say? There's a verse that sums up worship. It's Psalms 35. Then my soul will rejoice in the Lord and delight in His salvation with every bone in my body, I will praise Him with every bone in my body. David promises that his entire being will praise, will worship his God. Let's look at this verse a little closer. Rejoice. My soul will rejoice. What does that mean? Well, the Hebrew word for rejoice is gelel, gelel. It means to spin around under the influence of violent emotion. What about the word delight, Lord, and delight in His salvation? Delight comes from the Hebrew word sows. It means display joy, leaping, springing. David's saying you got to get a bit active here. you got to participate in this thing called worship. There's spinning, there's displaying joy, laughter, there's jumping, there's leaping. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, David danced before the Lord with all of His might. Psalm 100, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Psalm 63, daily, I will worship You, what? I will worship You passionately, not half-heartedly, not just watching someone else, not just checking out until the message or the Word comes. I'll worship You passionately with all my heart. It's got to be a heart connection with our God in heaven. My arms, man, they're going to wave like a banner of praise. I overflow with praise when I come before You. For the anointing of Your presence satisfies me like nothing else. There is nothing else like the presence of God that satisfies our heart. One minute in His presence, one touch of the Lord, one interaction, one, one encounter with God changed. We, we want to encounter, we want to sense His love, His grace, His presence. That's the point of worship, that we actually match, marry, encounter our God. His anointing in His presence. God designed you and me to worship. That, that's what we were created to do. We don't raise our hands or bow our knee out of religious duty to make us look holy. We worship because our God is holy and He is worthy. I, I wrote those words and I just resonated in my heart. We worship because our God is holy and He's worthy, church. Well, Miles, hang on a bit. You're getting a bit excited for me, preacher boy. <laughs> I'm a bit more reserved. I'm a bit more intellectual. I'm sort of a little bit more patient. Um, you know, I'm a little bit more quieter. I'm an introvert. You know, this whole getting crazy in worship, I'm not sure. Well, reserved worship is a learned behaviour. It's not a biblical behaviour. 
Let me say that again. Reserved worship to learn behaviour. It's not biblical. I remember going to a U2 concert. Uh, 80,000 people in this crazy concert. They're just going wild. They're yelling, they're screaming. And there was this guy next to me. He was just jumping and yelling, hands in the air, screaming. And I recognised him from church. And he was the most reserved worshipper in my congregation. He'd just sit there, you know, with his hands folded and it looked like he just sucked on a lemon and had that that resting face, you know, that sad resting face. (laughs) I'm not going to say you have a sad resting face, but sometimes we need to look in the mirror. I always remember when I Zoom, we Zoom all the time. I'm like, oh my gosh, I better do my hair. I better smile. Uh, And and I, I reckon, I said, mate, what are you doing? And he says, Pastor Miles, this is awesome. I said, but mate, isn't our Creator, Jesus Christ, the one who made the universe bigger and better than Bono? How come you don't bring this worship to Him on a Sunday? And He's like, you're right, mate. You're right. I need to. I recently went through a pub. There was noise. There was action. There was activity. I couldn't hear myself speak. It was loud. It was boisterous. Every week, the church is getting out worshipped by the world. It's not okay. It's not okay. Fans go crazy when their sports teams wins. Uh, they, they jump around when they win a contract or the lottery. Or if you're out with your friends or at the clubs and, and, and we give all these praise and great worship to bad gods. We, we, we give better praise to a bunch of ugly men running around in tight shorts holding a ball in footy. We give better affection to a celebrity than we do to our Saviour. Isaiah 43, the people I form for myself that they may proclaim my praise. God formed you and me for Himself to proclaim praise. We were created. Our primary purpose for living, worship our God, give Him praise. That's what we were created to do. Every product exists for the purpose determined by the designer, not the product. And our purpose is to worship. Now, can I, can I talk to the men for a moment? Men, 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 come on, men, put your hand up. Men, come on, be bold, be proud. Put your hand up. All right, men. Did God make you? It's not a trick question. Yes, yes, God God made you. Did did God design you? The Bible says He knitted you together in your mother's womb. Did He design you? Yes. Come on, men, work with me. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, Did God create you to worship? Yes. The answer is yes. Not a trick question. He designed you to worship. Therefore, the most manliest thing you can do is worship your God. The toughest, boldest, most confident thing you can do, the most courageous act of a man is to worship your God because that's what you were created to do. Women, you were created to worship. The most womenless thing you can do is worship. Now, now let me be clear here. I'm not forcing you to worship a certain way. I'm not telling you how to do it. I'm I'm not creating standards in our church of spirituality. That's religion. That's religious. We're not controlled by the law. 
I'm not pressuring or manipulating you. I've been in part of churches that they did that, honestly, where they put pressure on you, where you felt judged or not good enough or, or, or less than if you didn't do it the way they wanted you. I'm not talking about controlling or manipulating. I just want us to be a church where we can outwork our destiny as worshippers and give Him the worship that God asks for that's based on His Scripture with every bone in our body. At Elevation, you're loved, you're welcome. If you wanna just watch this thing for a while, that's fine. If you're not sure about this whole worship thing, that's cool. But we wanna be all into our God and create an environment of intimacy where we're, we're meeting Jesus Christ. We're, we're seeing His power released. The, the presence of God falls. There's healings, there's signs and wonders. There's somebody who doesn't know Christ. They're just overcome by His presence. Where children, young adults, our kids, they just sense His love and His grace and they can't deny that there is a real God. And that happens when we worship the way God created us to with every bone, in our body. Let's get practical for the rest of our time. And we'll talk about three areas that we can do as a church in unity to worship well. Number one, the Bible teaches us to sing. Hundreds of times this word sing, singing, song is in Scripture. The Bible actually commands us to worship with singing. Psalm 95, Oh, come, let us what? Let, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Now, I, I know what you're thinking. My singing's not joyful. <laughs> but joyful comes from you, not from what other, someone else says. You don't have to be a good singer to sing. You just have to have breath and a voice. It's a joyful noise. Let us come into His presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to Him with what? Songs of praise. This isn't based on whether you're on the band. It's not based on whether you can write or sing in tune. Every one of us, God's calling us to sing. That's why we sing on a Sunday. Colossians 3.16 Let the message about Christ in all its riches, richness fill your lives and admonish one another. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to the Lord with thankful hearts. Singing was part of the New Testament church. Singing was part of the Old Testament. Singing has been going for thousands of years for the believers of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It was part of the Israel nation. It's, it's part of the early church of Acts. They admonished, the Bible says, they urged, they encouraged one another to sing. I pray you just don't listen. I pray you just don't watch. I pray you sing to an audience of one. That's Him. We, we don't sing to, to the band. We don't sing to Joe and the song leaders. We, we sing to God. Zephaniah 3, the Lord your God is in your midst. He's here. He's present. A mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by His love. He will exult over you with loud singing. God is singing over us. Imagine if God loved us, but we didn't know. Imagine if He didn't give us His Word, the Scriptures. 
Same way we need to sing over our God to tell Him how much we love Him. When I first got, got married to Bonnie, I kind of thought, Bonnie, I love you. We're all good. You know, I don't need to say that I love you because I do. I'll just let you know if anything changes. I'll just let her know once, hey, you know, I love you, Bonnie. And if anything changes, I'll, I'll let you know. That's not how <laughs> to have a flourishing marriage. Bonnie needs to hear ongoing that I love her. I, 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 I sing a song over her for years. Have I told you lately that I love you? A bad singing, I know it, man. My singing is the worst. But I would sing that song. I don't know who wrote that song. I would always, hey, Bon, Bon, have I told, I would text it to her. Uh, just yesterday, I texted to her. Said, I'll be quiet. But she loved it. Our God loves hearing that we love Him. Singing our songs is a way to express our love to our God. If God sings loudly over us, shouldn't we sing loudly over Him? Psalm 147, praise the Lord. For it is good to what? It's good to sing praises to our God. For it is pleasant and the song of praise is fitting. It's physically good for you to sing to the Lord. It releases endorphins. It has this kind of medical benefit, but it's also deeply spiritual. When you sing, your spirit comes alive. You declare words of faith and praise and power based on God's holy words. It's fitting to praise God. Look, if Jesus did something small, it's fitting to give Him a little golf clap. Jesus gave His life. It's fitting we worship with every bone in our body. The Bible teaches us to sing loud. The second thought is the Bible teaches us to raise our hands. Raising hands is not a new thing. It's not a Pentecostal thing. It's not a charismatic thing. It's not an elevation king. It started 4,000 years ago when the children of Israel would gather under Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And they would gather in assemblies and they would pray and praise. They would actually raise their hands. It was a common ancient practice for the Hebrews. It was appropriate for praise and for prayer. Nehemiah, Ezra the priest, he, he brings the law before the assembly. He read it aloud from daybreak to noon. Six hour preach. Maybe we need to do a series not on heart of worship, on, on hearing God's Word. Six hour preach. I, I got 30 minutes. That's it. I got 30 minutes. So um, I'm, I'm going easy on you today. I'm not putting pressure on you listening to a six hour preach, but I am expecting us to raise our level of worship. And, and all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and what? All the people, not some of the people, not, not like the pastors, not just the ones on the front row, not, not just the ones who are paid or volunteer for the church or who are leaders. All the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Raising your hands shows, hey, I'm in agreement. Hey, come on, let's go. I'm all in God. Absolutely. Amen. G g praise God. Let's go, baby. Let's do this. I'm it, God. You're it. You're powerful. So be it. Let it be. It builds you. It builds faith in you. It builds faith those around you. When you raise your hand, you're, you're agreeing. You're declaring. 1 Timothy 2.8 in the New Testament church, in every place of worship, 
I want men to pray with holy hands lifted up to God. But Paul, it's pretty clear. Hey, men, let's, let's be bold. Let's be real men. Let's be big enough to put off shame, to put off what people think and to show your love for your God and to boldly raise your hands. Psalms 134, lift your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. Lifting your hand shows an anticipation of receiving from God, but it also shows a way of releasing your blessing to God. It's too, it's like it, it, when I used to come home, I had five little kids and, and, and they were just out of control, honestly. Five little kids just, man, that, that, they would almost knock me over when I came home from work. I'm building all day, been up early, I'm flogged, I'm tired. I come home and there's just this onslaught, you know, of just this running these five, and they'd have their hands up. And it was expressed, Daddy, Daddy, we love you. Pick me up, pick me up. And, 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 I, and I'd pick them up and th they would give their love to me. And I would give their love, my love to them. It's this beautiful imagery that when we raise our hands, we want to give our love to our God. We want to bless our God. We want to be thankful and grateful for all that He's done, that we're saved, that we're changed, that we're born again, that we're not the same, that we have a hope, we have a future. We're not a slave to sin, that we've been set free. We have a future. God is for us. He's not against us. When we raise our hands, something happens in our heart that we see God for who He is, not just down in our current circumstances, but we can rise above by faith and say, God, I trust, I believe. Faith comes up. We, we, we believe, we, we expect, we, we give this love. Lamentations 3 verse 40, let us examine our ways and test them. Let us return to the Lord. Let us lift up our hearts and our hands to the God of heaven. Raising our hands is a sign of surrender. God, I'm yours. Have my life, take it all. I've nothing. I, I, I've got nothing to offer, but, but, but I love you. All I got is my praise. I really don't bring a lot to the table. I just bring obedience and praise. I bring obedience and worship. I bring obedience to what your, God, your Word is asking. I surrender. The Bible teaches us to sing. Let's sing loud. Everyone from the front to the back, let's just sing it out. If we all sing, no one hears us. So that's good, right? If no one's singing, then suddenly I get self-conscious and they're like listening to my voice. If we all sing, we're all good. Let, let, let's, let's sing loud. Let's raise our hands. Yeah, I, however you want to do it. You know, you do the half raise, the wide range, just don't knock someone out. The whole, I don't care, just raise your hand. It's, it's, it's a hard issue. But the Bible is clear, it, it comes out of your actions. And finally, the Bible teaches your worship is a witness. Your worship is a witness. There are lost people, hurting, broken, coming into our church services every Sunday. They need the presence of God to touch them, to change them. And they're not after professional, perfect, slick, services. They're after flawed, passionate people for Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 14 says, if some unbeliever outside walks in on a service, 
where people are speaking out God's truth. And when you speak out God's truth, that happens not just in preaching, but in singing. Because our songs are based on the Word of God. We're declaring God's Word when we sing. We're, we're speaking it out over our families, over our lives, over our businesses. over our, When you sing those songs, sing them over yourself. It's God's truth. The plain words will bring them up against the truth and probe their hearts. Before you know it, they're going to be on their faces before God, recognising that God is among you. The most powerful witness we can give is passionate worship. People are watching you. Your children are watching you. Your spouse is watching you. They're desperately looking for something that's real and tangible. Is this God really real? Is this thing legit? The answer is yes, God is real. And our worship can reveal that to others. It's not about the smoke and the mirrors and being professional and dressed well. It's about engaging our heart with authentic, real, powerful, every bone in my body worship to inspire our children to worship. I want us to be a church where people walk in and say, man, I'm not sure about this place. I think it's a cult. I think they've lost the plot, but they believe in what they're doing. (laughs) They're all in. Let's be passionate. Let's be a witness for others. Stop worrying about what people think. That's probably the biggest preventer of passionate worship is worrying about what the person thinks. Stop worrying you're not good enough. None of us are good enough. We don't worship because we're perfect. We don't worship because we're qualified. We don't worship because we've got it together. We worship because there is a God in heaven (laughs) who designed us to worship Him. Our worship is always focused on Jesus. He's at the centre of everything we do. He's the one we keep our eyes on. We pray to, we look to. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, we give praise and honour to our Father. I'd love everybody to stand right now. Everybody, right across, just everyone stand. Would you do something with me? Would you all close your eyes? Would you all raise your hands? Everyone in the room, raise your hands. We focus on Jesus. We turn our heart to our Saviour. We're so thankful that You died for us, that we're saved. We, we, we give You praise in this place. We raise our hands according to God's Word. We honour You. We receive. We bless You. We build our faith in Jesus' Name. Amen. You can take your hands down. You can open your eyes. Guess what? You didn't (laughs) self-combust. You didn't blow up. You didn't disappear. Poof, you're gone. The, The roof's still there. The lightning bolt didn't come. No one's judging you. No one's thinking any less of you. We can all raise our hands. It's something we should just naturally do. It's like breathing. We're created to worship. Still praying today with eyes closed. Maybe some of you today didn't know you were born to worship our God. You didn't know there was a God that loves you and made you. Well, Jesus Christ came to earth and died and rose again so you could be saved. And that's why you're here today, is to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. It starts with the decision, but then it continues into a lifestyle of worship. 
with eyes closed and heads bowed, you want Jesus to be your Lord and your Saviour, would you boldly raise your hand wherever you are, just raise it up high. Lift it up. Come on. Everyone who wants to be saved, just raise your hand. It's a sign of surrender, sign that I need God, sign of, of, of saving me. Father, I pray for everybody with raised hands, they would be saved. The Bible says when you call on the name of Jesus, you'll be saved. I want us all together to pray a prayer, a powerful prayer of God saving us. Let's all pray out loud. Jesus, say it with me. Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need a Saviour. Save me. I want to be a worshipper. I want to worship you. I want to be what I was created to be. Take my life. I give it to you in Jesus' name. Everyone said, come on, we celebrate those around us who uh, made that decision.